in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's interesting when you begin to analyze the words of this verse. It uses words like nurture, bring them up. When you begin to understand that what the Apostle Paul is laying out for us today, he's literally laying out for us almost the, the similarities with, with a plant or with, with something that's very tender that needs the right nutrition, it needs the right soil, it needs the right environment, much like a plant. Now, I, I've never professed to have a green thumb. Uh, I, I, I tell people I have a black thumb, that all the plants I've ever tried to grow die. Trees die in my yard. And all. I mean, I just can't grow anything. But my wife, on the other hand, she's completely different. My wife has the green thumb in our family. But I have in my hand a bag of petunia seeds. And, man, there I don't know how many seeds there are, but they're, like, so tiny that if I poured them out in my hand right here, if they would ever come out of the bag, but you can you can barely even you can barely see them. They're they're so small. Well, here's what I know about petunia seeds. Even though I'm not an expert at petunias, all right, they're they're very small seeds. Here's what I know. If I just leave these petunia seeds in my hand, how many of y'all think that I'll have a petunia plant before long? Absolutely not. What does it take to get these seeds to produce petunias? Well, man, it takes all kinds of stuff. I'm probably going to kill it right now, but anyway, I'll put that right there. It takes soil, right? (laughs) I got that one down, right? It takes the right soil. Hey, it, it, it takes water. Uh, uh, obviously every plant does, but I, I did a little investigation about petunias and I found out that, that petunias need a good watering at least once a week, perhaps more, more would be better. You know, you don't want to drown it, but you want to give it the right amount of water. It needs at least five hours of sunlight, good direct sunlight every day. Uh, it, 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 it can grow more quickly when you put fertilizer in there. In the right amount, again, you don't want to burn it up, but if you put the right amount of fertilizer in there, this, 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 this baby will, man, it'll, it'll just be the greatest petunia ever in the history of petunias. And I mean, it, it, it needs all the right elements to succeed and to grow as a petunia. And you know the truth is, as I understand this verse, and I'm not trying to be silly this morning, I'm trying to say, and I believe this verse is teaching, that in every home, in every marriage, in every parenting relationship, friends, you got to have the right environment. And you got to be pouring the right stuff into that little plant, that tender plant that God calls your child. And I'm glad the Lord didn't leave us alone. But he gave us... 
this knowledge and this understanding. And he, he gave us these tidbits of divine direction right here when it comes to finding out what it is that every parent owes to their child. And so we learn, first of all, we learn that it takes the right instruction. My dear friend, you owe your children the right instruction. I want you to notice with me who this command is to. He does specifically mention fathers, but the mother is implied. The mother is not left out of the equation here, obviously. But it's the parent's responsibility to give these right biblical instructions about life to their children. You know what's interesting to me? That God didn't give this instruction to the church. You're like, wait a minute, Christian. I thought it's the, man, we have these children's ministries. We have this and that. We, man, and, and, and by the way, we take great care and we take great uh, 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 we, we give great attention and we take seriously our responsibility and, and our opportunity as a church family to be able to come alongside the parents and to help minister and to lock arms with mom and dad. But I want you to hear me very carefully, friend. God didn't tell the church to give the spiritual instruction and the instruction to the church. God commanded the parents to do that. That is first and foremost a parental responsibility. So so God tells this to the parents, not to the church. God didn't tell the school to do this. He told the parents. He didn't give that responsibility to the government. Listen, it doesn't take a village to raise a child. It takes a biblical mom and daddy to raise a child. And he's given us that instruction. So he he says, bring them up. That's that's very interesting terminology. Bring them up. It's the idea of a shepherd. He didn't say drive them up, jerk them up, beat them up. Drag them up, but bring them up. It is the idea of creating the right environment in your home that is conducive to this proper development taking place. The right soil, the right nutrients, the right plant food, the right liquid, the right amount of sunlight. The right amount of heat, not too much, not too little. So that these tender plants, that if we create the environment and we put everything in them that the Lord tells us to, that the end product and the end goal and the end result, that they stand a far better chance of being the healthy, strong, productive, little tender plants that God intended for every single one of them to become. It literally means here this command, nourish them with wholesome discipline and instruction. Bring them up, nourish them up, nurture them in the knowledge of the Lord. The knowledge of the Lord. Listen to Proverbs chapter 2 verses 1 through 5. The words of Solomon, listen carefully. My son, 
Again, it's the dad, it's the parent appealing to the heart of his child. If you will receive my words, hide my commandments, incline your ear to wisdom, apply your heart to understanding, cry after knowledge, lift up your voice for understanding, seek her, that's wisdom, that's understanding, that's instruction, seek her as you would seek for silver, search for her as you would for hid treasures. Solomon's saying, hey, if if, if you listen to my voice, if you listen to my instruction, if you give heed to what my mother, what your mother and I have poured into you and tried to pour into you, if you seek wisdom and God's wisdom and, and this healthy, wholesome, holy way to live, he said, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Then you will find, then you will find the knowledge of God. The end goal for every Christian parent is that their children live out and embrace and live God's God's knowledge, God's truth. So what's the right instruction, Christian? Well, it means to teach them all the foundational truths, all the foundational elements that will contribute to them becoming well-balanced, mature, Godly, wise, diligent, Jesus-loving, disciple-making, self-disciplined, others-oriented, spirit-controlled adults. You say, Christian, that's a mouthful. Yes, it is. That's a heavy duty. Yes, it is. That's a heavy responsibility. Yes, it is. (laughs) And that's why every parent in this room We ought to be in tune right now with the Lord, even right now crying out, Oh God, help me. Oh Lord, I need your grace. I need your help. I'm afraid too often that we as parents were so concerned that we give our children things we didn't have growing up that we fail to give them the most important things that we did have growing up. So God says, Dad, Mom, It's your responsibility to give them the right instructions. That is verbal, yes. That is a concentrated thing. That's constant. That's consistent. It's not only verbal, but it's visual. In other words, God says, I want you to live this and walk this in front of your children. (laughs) You remember the old saying that your walk is speaking so loudly, your walk is talking so loudly that I can't hear your talk? There's a lot of talky-talky, but not a lot of walkie-walkie. And our children not only hear our words, our children learn more not just by what we say. Our children learn more by what they see in us. And I understand it is over the long haul, but there has to be the right instruction. Ladies and gentlemen, number two As part of this equation, God says there has to be the right protection. The right protection. Now, if you're still with me, say amen. Amen. So God says, I want you to bring them up, listen, in the nurture, and here's the word, in the admonition. The admonition. That's an interesting word. It literally means calling attention to, correcting. And protecting from what is wrong. 
I call attention to what is wrong. I correct what is wrong as a parent. I, I, I am protecting my child from what is wrong. You see, if the first truth, if the right instruction conveys the positive aspect, then this, the admonition, conveys maybe perhaps we would say a negative aspect. That somebody, gang, somebody, and this is not popular now, especially in 2019. I'm not sure it's ever really been popular. I know it's never been easy. Somebody in the home has to be the watchdog. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Somebody has to be the bad guy or the bad gal at times. Somebody in the family has to have learned how to say a very big but small word. No. Somebody has to have some grit. Somebody has to have some discernment. Somebody has to understand that there's nothing wrong with being your child's friend. But that's not the highest priority that God has given you as a parent. You and I are to be their parents before we're their friends. The word parent is not just a noun, it's a verb. And it literally means to watch, to look, to guard, to guide, to shepherd. It's still a parent's God-given responsibility to set boundaries. And walls of protection for our children. You know, we tend to have no trouble doing this physically. Man, we, 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 especially when they're babies and younger and toddlers, man, we're watching out for everything. Buddy boy, we don't want them to fall and make boo-boos and their elbows and knees and head and chins and all that stuff. And man, it rips our heart out when they have boo-boos and things like that. And listen. You let anybody, you let anybody threaten our children or even look at them crossways, and I mean the mama bear and the daddy bear come out, right? And we'll take somebody down in a heartbeat. So we don't have any trouble having that instinct when it comes to protecting them physically. But you know what I've noticed? Sometimes we seems like the older our children become the less prone we are as parents to protect them relationally or morally or spiritually. In in wanting them to develop their own set of standards, we, we, we have a tendency, listen carefully, to prematurely loosen the reins too early. To where instead of letting them gradually get tested and learn and get strengthened, God's ability in their life for them to stand on their own and make some decisions, maybe begin with some inconsequential decisions so that they're not, uh, uh, they, they don't get hurt too badly if they do err and make a mistake. Sometimes I see good, well-intentioned Christian parents making an error in the fact that we throw off all restraint. Are you hearing me, faith church family? And we, in essence, give them the keys to the car 
figuratively before they're ready to steer and drive. God wants us to come alongside them and help them. Not lord over them, not be a helicopter parent, not hover, but help. And we do that by setting boundaries and the right protection. Man, it takes prayer. It takes the wisdom of God. It takes discernment. It takes spiritfulness. It takes dying to self. And sometimes, parents, don't be ashamed of this. Sometimes it takes counsel and advice from other people. But don't be afraid to seek it. But God says, I want you to give them the right instruction, but I want you to give them the right protection. Set the boundaries for their life. I've known of Christian parents to automatically assume things that all teens and all young adults are sexually active. So let's go ahead and give my child birth control or contraceptives and tell them, well, just be careful. Now, ladies and gentlemen, listen carefully. How about telling your child, hey, let's be holy, let's be chaste, let's be virtuous. How about encouraging, teaching your children, hey, let's follow God's plan for sexual purity. Hey, let's, let's set some boundaries and let's live by them. And, 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 and hey, let's, let's, let's be reasonable, but let's be biblical. See, ladies and gentlemen, just because our kids are kids and just because our teens are teens and just because our young adults are young adults doesn't mean that we have to just throw away all restraints and rules and boundaries in their life. Listen to me, my dear precious friend. Don't ever be afraid to set guardrails and the proper boundaries for your children. God's called all of us as parents to do that. May God help us pray through these matters. Seek biblical counsel and wisdom. God says, I want you to give them the right instruction. I want you to give them the right protection. Men and women, God has called us as parents to set the bar high. Not unrealistic, but high. And give our children all the resources necessary to succeed at the greatest responsibility they have. And that is to please Jesus with their lives. And all God's people said, amen about that. That is their greatest responsibility and goal. So the Lord says, ingredient number one is the right instruction. That's what we owe our children. Ingredient number two is the right protection. That's what we owe our children. But ingredient number three, the right disposition. Hear the word of the Lord. Fathers, mothers, don't provoke your kids. Don't provoke your children to wrath. Provoke not your kids to wrath. This is, this is a prohibition against leading and shepherding and disciplining our children with the wrong attitude or the wrong spirit. In other words, don't do it with severity or harshness. You may have some hard rules, but you don't have to be harsh 
in your demeanor or your disposition or your spirit. Adam Clark said, He who corrects his children according to God will feel every blow on his own heart more sensibly than his child feels it in his own body. I think there are three ways we provoke our children to wrath. Listen carefully and we'll be done. Number one, we provoke our children through unrealistic expectations. We hold them to a certain gauge that they will never, ever, ever be able to meet. Sometimes I think some of our children think that we expect them to be perfect. That's an unrealistic expectation. Make sure your expectations are age appropriate. What do I mean by that? Well, there have been times in my life when I, Christian Powell, I know this is going to shock you, I've made some mistakes along these areas. When my sons were younger and they would spill their drink at the table, sometimes I reacted like that was just a major, major, major offense in life. And my wife would tenderly but directly admonish me. (laughs) Honey, honey. He's just too. Okay, I know, I know. Things like this happen. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I know no one else in here has ever had that problem of expecting your children not to act their age, right? But our expectations need to be age appropriate. Our expectations need to be clearly spelled out. You see, I can't hold my sons to a standard or a rule or a guideline that I never told them about. Well, I'll tell you what, you should have asked. Daddy, I didn't know. Ah, you should have read my mind. No, they're not mind readers. It needs to be clearly spelled out. If you want them home at a certain, tell them. If you want them not to, tell them. Spell it out. Age appropriate. Clearly spelled out. And then this is a biggie. Reasonable. It needs to be reasonable. Question. Question. And here's where knowing how, knowing the heart of your child. Listen to me, parents. Here's where the shepherding aspect comes in. Are you suffocating your children? relationally and emotionally by the unreasonable rules you may have established. Are you suffocating them? Ask yourself that question. That's where knowing their temperament and knowing their disposition and knowing their heart and knowing how God has caused them and created them to be That is worth everything when it comes to this. Unrealistic expectations provoke our kids. And buddy boy, if that can happen in a church, and it does, and if that can happen in a Christian school, and it does, I know it can happen in a home and in a family. Number two, unjust assumptions provoke our kids to wrath. Parents, be careful about jumping to conclusions. 
Now, sometimes I, and I know some parents, especially us dads, sometimes may have a tendency to automatically assume the worst when it comes to our children. Instead of seeing the glass half full, we see it half empty. Sometimes, and I'm just, you know, I'm going to... I'm just going to tell you the truth. Sometimes an adult or a teacher has come up to me and said, look, I'd like to talk to you about, and they've mentioned my child, and it's almost as if I, I brace myself. I bristle. Okay, what are they going to say? Anybody ever done that? It's like I'm anticipating the worst. And many times because of how good their mother is, that sometimes the teacher or the adult has complimented my child, and I'll be like, oh, sigh of relief breathed. I thought it was going to be some doozy that they did or something. Don't jump to conclusions about situations without hearing all the facts. In other words, don't render a verdict until all the evidence is in. Sometimes we have a tendency, even in the disciplining of our children, to just instinctively react before we hear the whole scenario. I, I, I tell you what, doggone it, I tell, I, wait, daddy, wait, daddy, hold up, let me, can I explain? No, ain't nothing to explain. I know you've never done that, but. Unrealistic expectations, unjust assumptions. And then number three, listen, you want to know what provokes our children? Uncontrolled temper. My dear friend, it's better to delay your correction than to correct in the wrong spirit. Even if you have to wait 24 hours to deal with it. According to some, (laughs) petunias will only thrive where there's positive energy in the environment. (laughs) And they will not grow in places where there's negativity. That's That's what expert petunia growers say. Can I tell you something? That's not only true about petunias. That's true about children. They will not thrive. My children nor yours will thrive in an environment of negativity. That's why, friends, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 is so important. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Listen, friends. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Ask yourself, Dad. Ask yourself, Mom. Do I manifest these things in my most important arena? And that's my home. You see, friends, in an atmosphere of negativity, our children will wither away, dry up, and shut down emotionally, spiritually, verbally, and relationally. Listen to this great leadership principle, okay? We cannot produce what we are not. I cannot produce positive children if I am negative and I'm a negative person. 
I cannot produce in them a wholesome attitude and disposition if their daddy doesn't have one himself. You see, friend, when we're putting in the right instruction and we're providing the right protection and we have the right disposition and this little petunia plant keeps on growing, then one day, I know I'm going to impress y'all with this, one day they'll grow up to be big full-grown, healthy, wholesome petunias. So it's okay today when you go get your youngin from kid church to say, you know what you are? You're my little petunia. <laughs> they, I'm sure they'll roll their eyes at you. They're like, oh, brother, dad. You're my little petunia. Got a question as we close and get ready to pray. What's the greatest, most important day in the life of your child? Before you answer, think through that. What's the most important day in the life of your child? Well, some would say, oh, preacher, it's when they get their driver's license. That may be a great day for them, but it's a bad day for mom and dad, right? Right? As you get that insurance premium notice in the email, you're like, Shazam, what had just happened? Some would say, oh, it's the day they graduate from high school. Or it's when they graduate from college. Well, we got some college graduates just recently graduated this week here. Some would say, oh, preacher, the greatest day in the life of my child is when they move out of my home and start a life on their own. Some would say, oh, the greatest day in their life is when they walk down the aisle and give themselves to their spouse that God has for them. Those are all good days. That's not the greatest day. The greatest day in the life of your child is the day they stand before God. Bar none. Question. Are we putting the right ingredients into our little petunias to get them ready for that greatest of 